Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Hobbs Q is here tonight with Taya. Alex has the night off. We have Eliana of the Cathars um, with us, Defiant Necro. Great name. Uh, we are going to be talking to her about, well, Liliana, just growth and change and kind of storylines of, of growing from who you used to be to who you are now. And uh, both through the story of Liliana and through Eliana's own story, which I think mirrors some elements. So before we get started, we just want to thank the Grinding Coffee Company. They are a minority-owned, LGBT-ran coffee company that supports gamers. That's kind of who they partner with. They have since their inception. They mainly sponsor kind of Twitch streamers, but they have always been willing to partner with us as kind of, I think they're really only like podcast um, heavy group. And and we just appreciate their willingness to donate coffee to our, our charity streams, to our events, to our anniversary. And also, you know, on the flip side, just giving a discount all the time for their coffee. So if you want, you can check them out. We have that and our other discounts um, located in our link tree. So before we get started, uh, we're going to do a question of the episode. So as I said, my name is Hobbs Q. I can be found on Twitter. I refuse to change names uh, at Hobbs Q, at Blue Sky, at Hobbs Q. Basically anywhere on the internet, if there is a Hobbs Q, there is like, there's a very high, if, there, if it's not, it's, it's an imposter. Um, I've been using that name since 1998. So the question that I have is, what is the best card? that depicts Liliana. And I'm going to actually hold off, even though I do for once have an answer. Uh, I have sprung this on both Taya and Eliana. And in typical Hobbs faction, no, actually, sorry, in non-typical Hobbs faction, I actually thought about this one a lot. And I'm going to go last because of that. Normally I go last because I need time to think. I'm <laughs> guaranteeing you for once, I, I am just wanting my, my co-hosts and friends to get their opportunity. So, Taya, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my name is, uh, my handle's Taya Transcends on Twitter uh, or on Blue Sky. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, or they, them. Um, and, yeah, so I'm going to look up the name of this card so I get it correct this time because I know last time I mentioned it, I got it wrong. Yeah, that's... Uh, so my favorite card, uh, <laughs> my favorite card featuring um, Liliana is Diabolical Tutor from Kaladesh Block. I called it Diabolical Intent last time I mentioned it oh, on the podcast, which was like a separate last card. Week. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, this is just um, two of my favorite characters on the same card. Uh, Lily just doing her best to uh, corrupt little Chandra and Chandra's got this precious little smirk on her face. Uh, just really great. And then the flavor text is uh, show them, show them how hot your fire can burn, which is uh, just really um, egging Chandra on here. And I absolutely love this. Uh, I love the whole relationship between Chandra and Liliana during this block, uh, especially. And, them being kind of gal pals during this whole time. Um, but like actual gal pals, not like yes. roommates. Not roommates, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, they're they're just friends. I, I actually oh, really wow. like the egging on of her fire too, in the sense of like, you know, we, we've seen a lot more of Chandra <laughs> not being egged on and to kind of try to 
dampen that a little bit so or, yeah or use it differently so, so it's a kind of a different it's a it's the very interesting like almost like black take on chandra's ability yeah so i mean it's a four mana demonic tutor it's not a very great card in any sense of the word but it's definitely my favorite card featuring liliana it's funny because like for so long that was the tutor i like, grew up with right because that's by the time i got into the game eighth ninth edition that was that was it there wasn't really good tutors so <laughs> um i a uh my answer is going to be so vastly different and uh, i think that's interesting but b uh i have a fun story about that specific printing of that card because at uh seg con baltimore um chase uh, manicures and i were uh were had just finished playing a game or hanging out together at a table someone walked up and brought us that specific diabolic tutor and asked us both to sign it <laughs> with uh oh, the, that's really Chandra. Cool. yeah i like that um, so do you want to introduce yourself too just in case people oh, listening absolutely uh, do not hi. know who this mystery voice is this mystery person oh my goodness um hello i'm eliana uh aka l um formerly known on the internet widely as defiant necro uh some places still known as Defiant Necro, but uh, Defiant Cathar is where you can find me more uh, readily, more easily. Uh, most places on the internet, um, you know, using I didn't Twitter. realize it wasn't just the a display name. I, I thought it. No, wow, no, it's okay. the whole thing now. Yeah, cool. Um, we can exciting. we can touch base on that. Yeah, we can touch base on that too later in the episode about why that change occurred. Um, because there is a very uh, specific reason. Um, but uh, the Defiance necro part and the defiant part of defiant cathar comes from the uh the card uh liliana defiant necromancer um so that is not my pick but i did have to think very like long and hard about well for about what five minutes about uh whether it was going to be defiant necromancer or this other card which was the first card that sprung to my mind whenever uh, hobbs asked the question and that's final parting which is an uncommon uh card from original dominaria um it is uh three black black i think and uh it is uh, basically a diabolic tutor stapled to an entomb uh, you get to search your library for two cards, put one in the graveyard and one into your hand. Um, oftentimes, uh, when resolved in uh, a black deck, it generally leads to the end of the game. <laughs> but uh, additionally, uh, the art on the card uh, depicts a very mournful Liliana um, after she uh, ends the life of her um, brother, who's now a lich. Uh, and the flavor text is basically her saying, uh, you know, uh, that she's giving him rest now. And that's like all she can give him at this point, but that she is letting him go. God, it's such, it's such, a, <laughs> I, 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 I'm one of the people I think that have, I've been interested in this idea of Liliana picking up um, some white to her identity. Um, and I think that super, in, super supportive of that. And like in origins in particular, when we see, her is kind of that that initial cleric that I think it could have been another way it could have been done even though I think now where she's at now I would I would love to see it pulled in um but her, her brother is what is one of the things that always brings me back um to that so while well, you both chose very nice nice answers um 
I am going to choose the card that most likely will piss off our guests. So we'll see if the show continues um, beyond <laughs> this. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Tad, can you guess? Knowing you? I, I have no idea what you're, what you're thinking. Okay. Uh, so mine I is think also, I know where you're going. Mine is also from Dominaria. It is a story spotlight card. Oh, so um, is mine. It's in <laughs> blue. Uh, it is called In Bolus's Clutches. Oh, yeah, of course I should have. <laughs> I should have thought of that I was, one. I, yeah. I was halfway expecting you to say Liliana's defeat. Uh, no! Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> um, I mean it, 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 story-wise, it sets up for what we get in War of the Spark. Um, it, it is this interesting basic idea that, like, it's that sad part of like, she, you know, she did everything to kind of like get the contract gone, kind of like managed to kill all the demons and realize mm-hmm. that like this basically the, the flavor text is your contract is in default. You belong to me now, serve or die, basically. Um, I, I had to choose this one being the bullist apologist. Uh, I oh, do like yeah. the card like as an ability uh, being a legendary enchantment. I like that that idea that like bullist's clutches is an aura. Um, and that you also turn whatever you snag into a legendary. I, I like it as a mechanical ability as well. But I just knew as soon as we had this episode, and I kind of threw this question together, that I unfortunately was going to go cheeky because I mean, I, I, I mean, I think there are a lot of other cards that I prefer with Lily, but I wasn't turning down this opportunity. No, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm, you know, Hobbs, I'm. I'm not mad. I'm just. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the tagline of the show. Um, so I always, I always thought that Bolus looked sort of like a frog in this art, though. He this looks like a frog s- quite frequently. Super weird Bolus art. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do like the pose that we have here of Liliana, basically like looking back into the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I do like the way that it's structured, but Bolas does look like a frog. Um, maybe that's what he is. Maybe he's just chilling in the meditation realm, being frog, a frog, man. just being a frog, what? living his best frog life. Yeah, like Phyrexians, <clears throat> I don't care. Omen Who cares? Paths, I'm a frog. Sounds made up. Cool, yeah. I'm a frog. I don't. <laughs> Whatever. Frog time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. We had talked about like a long time ago. We this this episode has been in the works um, prior to a name change. Uh, yeah, like, d- like handle wise and actually what you you go by. Um, mm-hmm. And the the reason was is because you know li- there's a lot of jokes about Liliana as as a character. Um, you know, I think that the easy to go kind of like the black mage and just you know the selfishness. There's elements of her character that people like to just kind of glom onto and i think that was what had started the initial conversation was kind of some of these tending to joke about just liliana's character and and you like pointing out rightly like she's actually a lot deeper i think than what people are necessarily ready to talk about um and so i think that that is what we wanted to do was to talk about her journey um but also being the show that we are kind of the mirror of your own as well as you know just that overall topic of, like I said, you had mentioned living with who you used to be and becoming who you want to be, uh, which is a very powerful idea. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, uh, you know, obviously magic story has come a long way from where it used to be um, in terms of like some of that older 
stuff uh, was very, um, I don't know, like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s uh, suffered from the like, uh, <sighs> I guess, like uh, popular comic book syndrome, where a lot of it was just like super edgy or like uh, super it had like... to be dark and gritty. Exactly. Like... Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, before we started getting like into Liliana's backstory, like she was just presented as like this, like, uh, spooky femme fatale, like basically like sexed up, like scary lady, right? Like that's that's basically like what she was for a while until we actually started getting into her backstory, and then it was like, oh, okay, like this is a fully like formed human being who has like you know a past and thoughts and feelings and ideas and stuff, and like I actually think that um, since uh, that turn. Uh, when they started like devoting more time and effort to fleshing out these characters, um, and I, you know I can't point to a specific time when that started, but like you can definitely see like it ha- start to happen over the years. Um, but like I, I do think that over the years she's been one of the like I guess uh, better handled in terms of development. Like, because some characters sometimes feel like they kind of just stand still and are a little two-dimensional, but I feel like there's just so much depth to Liliana, and, like, even as, like, different writers handle her over different periods of time, like, I feel like she doesn't ever really lose that core of who she is, um, though it, like, shifts and moves as she grows. Yeah, I will say, you know, I think of this, uh, there's, a, you know, there's even a lot of discussion about, like, even where they did with like her ethnicity which was kind of yeah wildly same thing kind of all over the place initially like art direction wise we didn't mm-hmm. really know much about her other than she was like like you said like big breasted goth woman who wore nice clothes like i mean i i do think that that really sexualized things i mean this is the reason i think yeah. that there's been some great art of her that you know that there, there's a reason i mean this is if we, if we think back way even to the 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 triumph spells from um gosh when was that was that innistrad the... triumph of cruelty and triumph of uh oh right triumph of ferocity yeah yeah yeah, uh, that's, a, yeah, yeah. that's the, the the infamous one with uh garuk and, and liliana on it yeah yeah like standing yeah. over her in that way right yeah, you know like it was like very clear like people have tried to you know justify the the positioning but like obviously it's very male gazy male gazy exactly that's the that's the proper term for sure yeah I mean, like, and, and she, a lot of her artwork was, but it was also like this yeah. weird, like, she seemed to start out darker and then got white. And then, yeah. as you were saying, story-wise, we didn't have much other than Necromancer. Um, She's spooky Necromancer. She yeah. she does scary, she's scary lady. She makes zombies. She has, uh, you know, uh, revealing clothes and big boobs. And that was, like, who she was for a while. And then once we actually started getting some of her backstory and she started, like, we found out about her motivations and, like, what, she was about i feel like that um, i feel like origins i mean would you say taya i i definitely think origins was origins i think is when it started we started getting you know the the planeswalker books were when we first started getting some real mm-hmm. characterization of her you know as more than just um there was like nothing in the card story or the main like set stories really featuring her until then but yeah origins was the first time she really gets set story that features her heavily and gives her a real background fleshed out 
Yeah, and it kind of contextualized some of like her later behavior and like why she kind of uh, is the way she is after a certain point, like um, in in terms of just like establishing what her past was like and uh, why she would behave the way she would behave later. I mean, giving her a ton, right? I mean, like even just bring, bringing in the concept that she's actually was an, an old walker. Yeah, um, pre-mending. Uh, yeah, which um, <laughs> I, I I joked about this pretty frequently that it, it feels like every other you know set there we find a new like over a hundred year old walker that's somehow still alive. Um, but uh, <laughs> she is she is uh, an old walker. Uh, I think she's one of the younger ones. If my math is correct, she's like just under three hundred, like two hundred sixty, two hundred seventy around um based on the shaky timeline that uh the the ever shifting timeline that wizards has provided us um but yeah so she uh is is indeed an old walker but um i, I think like you said that does uh point to like i mean it 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 just the different ways that different people had to survive through that period of time, I guess, from like having that fall from grace period where like, it's like, Oh, you're basically a God to like, Oh, you are nothing. Yeah. And old age started catching up with her real quick. I don't know what Teferi's secret was to aging gracefully, but Liliana <laughs> did not have that secret. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying. Like where it's like every other person is like, oh yeah, I'm like a couple centuries old and we have no real explanation for why I yeah. like, didn't really age, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, to Ferry, they can hand wave off that he's a time mage, so he can slow his own aging, but, you know, it, it is... It, it's amusing when anybody else is, you know, yeah. how are you still around? And then they have to, like, explain it away later at some point. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Because um, it's like, oh... Cause Squeeze, 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 squeeze a lot. Uh, yeah, but squeeze, squeeze not, not a planeswalker there. No, I yeah. know. He's, he's just that. He's just a little guy. He's just another, well, you know, now formal immortal, but, you know, immortals yeah. on Dominaria just tend to. There are diamond dozen. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've got everywhere. like Joda, uh, Joyra. Uh, <laughs> just like Chili. Uh, yeah. yeah, like. Yeah. Then, um, I mean, because uh, we've got other planeswalkers that have uh cheated death one way or another because i mean like obnixilis is also an old walker but he's yeah. like much older but he's uh you know he was cursed by the chain veil so he's like a demon or whatever <laughs> and then yeah yeah i mean you, you mentioned um taya the the whole not quote-unquote aging gracefully but like th that you know like that was part of what led to like the pack to start with right Right, yeah, she she wanted to avoid dying, essentially. Yeah, um, I think, so, I think one thing that is, like, really central to uh, Liliana's story is the uh, desire to remain her own person throughout all of the, like, things that she's been through, uh, because a lot of her problems uh, started you know, rebellious teenager or whatever. Uh, her dad didn't like her being, you know, a, uh, you know, teenage girl, basically. And uh, 
<laughs> um, but the manipulation that ensued from, you know, the Raven Man, later revealed to be Limdol, uh, and then that theme would kind of continue on where, like, her kind of core uh, value of, like, individuality and, like, wanting to maintain that sense of self uh, and constantly being, like, that being in jeopardy from manipulation by, like, other, uh, like, powerful entities, generally, like, powerful male figures in her life and her, like, fighting against that uh, kind of informed uh, a lot of the, like, desperate, I would say, decisions she made at certain points in her story, like the bargain uh, to uh, get that immortality and et cetera. Um, though I will, I will say it's very funny to me that on each of her four demons, actual cards, it says what she bargained with them for. And the only one who doesn't have anything attributed, uh, to him as uh, part of the bargain is bells and lock because there's too much card text, uh, <laughs> on, on the card. And, in the story, Belzenlock is the one who's like, you know, changing history and like boasting about right. being but he doesn't get attributed to him what he gave to, to Liliana. <laughs> I think that's very funny. I, I mean, her her sparking story, I mean, as I said early on, I really do think that there has such been such a case for the white black of clerics that we saw. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 fact that she grew up in Banalia, you know she was part of this holy order. I mean, I really, her pathway to her spark is, her, is very, if they hadn't done the cycle, the specific cycle of monocolor, she absolutely could have been a white black like, car. And yeah, I, I yeah. still think we could definitely see, we, we could see an Orzov Liliana anytime I would think, and it would be make perfect sense character wise. It would absolutely not surprise me. And I really thought, okay, so during war of the spark, some of the promotional material, um, featured Liliana and Gideon standing back to back. This is before the set even came out. Some of the promotional material, yeah. and it also like was on the pre-release kit. Uh, I actually have one of them sitting over there on my desk uh, that I saved from the pre-release that I went to. I saved this box, <laughs> so um, it was uh, the the art on it is Liliana standing back to back with Gideon. Gideon is holding the black blade, which is swirling with like black energy. And Liliana has in her hands, uh, like, white energy. And I was like, oh, my God, are we going to get, like, Orzov, Gideon, and Liliana? Because that would be oh, so sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then we didn't. So, obviously, what happened, happened. But, I mean, we did right. get Dreadlord General from that set, which is probably my favorite Liliana. I, player, so. I so <laughs> wanted, uh, I wanted uh, Orzov, Gideon so bad. I wanted to see him get corrupted by the Black Blade. I just, oh, I, I just wanted to see Chad get corrupted so much. But I... Instead, we got Ash Chad. I oh man, I have feelings about Gideon, but that's not what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> not today, <laughs> not today. Another time. Come back to this. Yeah. We can come but back I, later. Even i i had I had wanted the next set the uh, the next time she showed up, whenever that mm -hmm. was going to be, to be kind of right, like you know, her her understanding, others not knowing what she did, right? Um, you know that that she was she had made that decision that she was going to, you know die you yeah. know like i mean I, I, there's a i have lots of thoughts still on how that went down but if we go by the story right like she she made that decision mm -hmm. i and, and and like the other gate watch people quote unquote did, or whoever didn't know 
Um, I mean, that's why they were going to like hunt her down basically after that point. Yeah. My hope was the next time we saw her ended up being Strixhaven that she would be Orzhov. I mean, that she would be white, black aligned. Um, yeah. I, so, so like there was even that period in the story, which like, you know, the war of the spark story was what it was, but there was, there was that period in the story where after she like went back to Dominaria and like went through that whole fiasco on, on uh, her family's old manor with like the, the gin that was there or whatever. And the imposter, um, she, she, temporarily changed her name right before before it became like seraphina onyx on strixhaven she was going by a different name which was uh anna eora um anna was the woman who uh was her mentor when she was a cleric and eora was gideon's original last name uh kytheon eora oh yeah Um, and whenever uh i think it was kaya uh asked her you know oh where'd you come up with that name uh Liliana was just like, I don't know, it just came to me. So I was just like, I was like, please, please, can we get the words off Liliana? Can we please? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Because I, I mean, I mean, it's no secret. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I ship them very, very hard, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and you know, your own, your own like prefaced or your own uh, color identity. Right. And even yeah, absolutely. You've asked some great questions about how people see you if they see you aligned one with one color more than others, like if they have to split the Orzov. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you if you asked, like, I think if you asked my like following that question, like maybe like two years ago, they would have said like, oh, like black, 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 black. But like if you ask now, like maybe more people would probably say white, I think. But um yeah, I, I definitely, uh, me personally, dabble in in, in both extensively in, in what I both what I uh, kind of embody and what I uh, play in the game. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, so we're we've kind of taken Liliana through at least a, you know a good portion of her journey. Like you said, I I, I like. This is the whole stuff that keeps standing out to me, right? You said her, on her own terms. Even when she goes and studies on Innistrad, she's not willing to be a necromancer who, like, is dead, right? Like, she's not willing to join them. Right. Um, she, she she was not willing to do that, even though that's, quote-unquote, the way to master the art. She's also mm-hmm. afraid of going the direction of her brother. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, like, she is making her decision there. Uh, the situation with bolas um with war of the spark she is making an active decision yeah um i like i said like i think uh, uh and uh you know shout out uh uh shauna mcguire for that amazing side story in, in dominar united uh featuring uh liliana that uh where she had an opportunity to like repeat an old mistake and then again chose to remain herself not take the easy Mm -hmm. way out and like it i think it showed a lot of her development but like so through but because it's in a different way than it would have been previously because like throughout her journey it's been this this uh kind of uh path of like you know trying to keep that core identity trying to be herself but also like she's willing to make compromises to like enable that right like so she will because she thinks uh you know 
I'll figure it out later. I'll, I'll make this compromise. I'll, I'll, I'll outsmart them. Like the thing with the, the demon contracts. Like she's like, okay, yeah, I will like she, find the loophole. I will get right, out. Right. I will, I will make this work. Reg- like not thinking about the consequences that that'll have for people around right. her. She could have taken the ring and tried to get out of it later, but she yeah. didn't. She chose not to. She took the hard way out of it. She buried the ring and fought with her own power and was her own person. And she was, and like, there was this whole great inner monologue of just her, like, you know, she's like, I'm not doing that again. I, this is, this is me. I've learned. I, I'm going to like at the end of Strixhaven also, like whenever uh, she, you know, basically was just decided, you know, I'm not going to run away from this. I'm going to just learn from what happened move forward so like i feel like the central journey has remained the same but it's been tempered by her experiences and uh, i think it's that's what i was like trying to touch on earlier was like i think it's really cool to see how that that her character has stayed the same but grown and i think they've done a really good job of like one of the characters i think they've done the best job of actually consistently doing that with I think they have. I think she has, out of the mainline characters, has some of the most, you know, character work um, of any of them coming, especially from where she started to where she is today. And and it's it's we, all like a believable organic trajectory if you like are willing to look at it is, is what I like most about it, because um, and, you know, I I talked to uh hobbs about this a little bit before but like you know i've suffered from you know whatever mental illnesses i suffered before but i like like being diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder for example at one point um and like having that that you know knowledge that like she's 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 done terrible things (laughs) she might have a an excuse for why she's done what she's done. There might be an explanation for why she's done what she's done. But I think part of her journey is realizing that, yes, there's an explanation, but that's not a justification necessarily. So I can, like, say, like, yeah, I, you know, I I did this and it hurt, like, whenever she lied to the rest of the Gatewatch to get them to help her, like, kill Razaketh or whatever. Like, she makes these decisions and she's like, it's for a good reason, but I'm going to manipulate these people into doing what I want them to do. And then like her progression from realizing like that the ends don't necessarily justify the means. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when she, she sees, you know, I I think in the end that somebody has to pay the cost and yeah, you know, she, she experiences it with Josu and then she experiences it again with Gideon. And I think that's, you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a line makes her kind of stop wanting to take the shortcut because even if she's the one who avoids paying the cost, somebody has to somebody, pay it. Yeah. Somebody eventually has to pay it. And I think that yeah. she experienced that happening one too many times. And like, you know, the, the thing with Josu was what led to, you know the because that happened right before the uh, the <laughs> the stuff uh, with that like that happened shortly before like uh, she was in Bolas's clutches right so um, she had that that was fresh in her mind and then um, she made that decision like we said earlier she made that decision herself to you know she was like okay I know what this is going to do to me but I 
can't stand that my actions have enabled this to occur and that I am currently enabling it to continue. So regardless of what happens to me, I'm going to try and stop it. And then, you know, she was willing to take responsibility for what she'd done and Gideon stepped in and, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but she got to experience, like, she was like, okay, well, like this, everything has had a consequence. And that experience I think was very sobering for her. And then, uh, cause I mean, a big part of Strixhaven was her trying to like undo that. Right. And then realizing right. that she couldn't. And then realizing like, okay, well, I'm just going to try and be better instead of like trying to undo what I've already done. I mean, it's why um, I like her story in March of the Machines. Yeah. Right. Like she returns to Strixhaven. Basically, she she decides to not go to the front. Um, like she, she basically had faith that Jace was going to handle it. Right. Like, you know, yeah. she, she didn't even see a world where that wasn't. And then when she realized that's not the case, she went to the school to protect her students and, yeah. and and even within the fight there like she's she raises like a zombie army but she basically is just like staying around as a healer once again she is it, it is the to me it's like where we've seen her so far like we've now had this like loop around like she is a cleric i mean she's healing the students and that's what her job is at the end of yeah. like march of the machine that that scene at the end of march where she's uh she's there and, uh, you know, has been holding off, you know, the uh, Phyrexian invasion force, like all the other professor, well, most of the other professors have been completed or killed at this point. And she's mm -hmm. like sitting there holding them off while the students, you know, are doing their thing and uh, trying to get the founders like spell to go off or whatever. And that that scene at the end where she's just like, you know, we're not we're not done yet. We're we still got to keep fighting. And you know, like you said, she's going around healing people. But then like once that that. Uh, the invasion force like it's trying to break through the barrier and they're like oh yeah we don't know how long it's gonna hold and she's just like oh yep big zombie army we're not done yet like we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna continue standing here and like standing against this we're not gonna take the easy way out like she she's willing to put herself on the line now instead of uh you know doing what she may have done uh previously and uh trying to find some loophole to get out of it like she's sitting there trying to protect uh she's like she's learned from her experiences and i think that development is like from strixhaven to like current is like super super uh visible and relevant and really cool to see um yeah i really can't wait to we get to see her next because we didn't get to see a card or anything for her in that set mm -hmm. you know and i i want to see i want to see a new card for her and yeah next time we go to strixhaven i'm real i'm real excited for that <laughs> Yeah, um, does, does she have her spark? I mean, we don't know, yeah. right? I, mean, I don't think we've I got would, an answer. I honestly think if she, because, you know, I think at some point, obviously, Wizards has to focus on other characters, right? Like some of the older <laughs> ones have yeah. got to stop being the central focus. And they've kind of started to, to like, set that up, right? To establish, like, new main characters. Um, but I think, like, I think Liliana, like, losing her spark and, like, just being a teacher at Strixhaven. I think that would be like the best thing for her. Honestly, she... I think it would. <sighs> I did. I, 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 I want a whole, see, that's the thing. Like that's something that I don't even need a set. I just need the story. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, exactly. I need the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 
there's one line that all like I keep going back to in the uh, in the Dominar United side story. Whenever like it it touches on her at Strixhaven, like and they're like, oh yeah, she's been like super distracted lately, like out of it, like you know, not uh, not doing her best. She takes a sabbatical, right? And then that's when she goes to Dominar to like deal with everything and like finds out about the Frexians and and whatnot but like there's this one line in that like it's clear that she is not doing great mentally at that point like because like there's there's several instances where it's just like talking about how like how how much guilt she's carrying from what happened with Gideon still even after like resolving uh in her own mind to like you know just try to live as uh as as he did or would want her to uh because he always he saw the good in her or whatever and you know um gave his life for hers and and she's like but she's still just like so torn up over it and has so much guilt and is just like con- trying to continue on in spite of that and I, f- I feel like the the whole thing with her protecting her students was uh um kind of like the next like natural progression of that but like that that the one line in there that's like oh um his his name uh rang uh like a, a rang like a bell where her heart used to be or something like that and i'm like god <laughs> <laughs> so you brought up saying that i is a topic that i've wanted to discuss um on here before i mean i, I think i think this was one of the things that, that prompted the discussion you talked about like this 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 concept of a, of a diagnosis or mm-hmm. you know and, and we can get into labels versus not because I, I think there's places they have utility there are places that they don't um and one of the places they may have utility is to help people understand themselves and to understand you know maybe why they have developed patterns that they have developed um you you, i mean you mentioned specifically like borderline personality disorder and when they talk about that 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 category of personality characteristics or disorders if you want to go that language um it it really is understanding like how your relationships with other people were greatly impacted by your past and how you have this this like recurrent pattern and as you said it doesn't make it an excuse it doesn't make it a like something to weaponize or something to use and be like oh well see yeah it was all just this one thing um it may help but understand why it it doesn't mean that you get to just be an asshole right i mean like this came up with with times when people were like i'm i'm not gonna invoke the name of the owner of twitter but he like there was stuff with him and not autistic and there it's like oh we'll see it's like well no being autistic doesn't just mean that you're an asshole right like it just it's not what it means um and i think that that's where we get into this thing is where people use the labels in a way that either for themselves or others is just excuse versus understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, an explanation, not a justification, because like, I feel like if you examine like, you know, what has happened in Liliana's past, it's, it's evident how she became like a closed off callous, like kind of um, hard person, manipulative, Manip- very yeah. manipulative, very like, uh, like didn't show much regard for other people because you know she was just concerned with herself and trying to protect herself and like then you find out you know she's got all these external influences like Limdol, bolus the demons uh, the experiences with her father and her brother earlier in life like she has had all this trauma in her past but like and she has people like literally constantly whispering in her ear trying to influence her to do the wrong thing and like yes this is uh an explanation for her behavior and why she became the way she did. But as she finds out later, it's you know, not a justification. And uh, 
she the journey of her like actively trying to do better and be a better person is uh, very evident i think uh, as the story continues there was a a, a comic i know that the comics aren't canon the boom studios comics but the, the hidden planeswalker comic it was like a four issue miniseries that focused on liliana and it was it was pretty phenomenal in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a lot of the boom stuff has been. <laughs> like, I would like to get some of that into canon, but yeah, absolutely. I would like this story in particular. Like, I don't think it really does anything that's super crazy outside of canon. But like, there are several scenes, like especially in the beginning of the book, where and and towards the end when she's talking to like I'm not going to spoil the whole series for people that might want to read it, but like there's basically a bunch of scenes near the beginning where she's teaching in class and she basically has to like someone she's teaching because she's a professor of necromancy at Strixhaven now. Right. And so someone's like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to like just use all this necromantic power and stuff. I learn like to like, just I'm going to be so powerful and so cool. And like, I'm just going to do all this crazy stuff. And Liliana's like trying to teach these kids like, no, like you have to temper this. Like you can't just do whatever the hell you want because then it's going to consume you. You have to like, have some degree of like consciousness and humanity and responsibility when you're and like showing that level of like growth to where she can acknowledge that she's like i've seen what happens when you don't <laughs> uh and she's literally just like i her her mo now is i'm gonna prevent the next generation i'm gonna teach the next generation so i can prevent them from making the same mistakes i did <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, she'd be a great teacher. I would love to have her as a teacher if I was learning necromancy. Because not only is she an amazing necromancer, she's made so many bad decisions to learn from. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> so I actually have a, uh, a D&D character that I play in one of my campaigns who's uh, uh, largely influenced by that that kind of story she's also uh, a professor of magic at a at an academy and uh has that kind of like the backstories are completely different but there's definite definite theme overlaps so like that, that her story is just like so near and dear to me and like like um i mean like you know Hobbes said the uh like i've touched on the whole you know bpd thing and uh that that aspect of it in general and and the uh the the trauma response drew, and... yeah the trauma response the parallels that i drew earlier like that's that's definitely a large part of why i find her so like relatable and inspiring to a degree i'll once again you know use this opportunity to say that planeswalkers really need therapy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah uh, liliana could definitely benefit from some uh she's got Almost 300 years of uh, trauma to uh, unload and uh, yeah. some real, real uh, grief <laughs> issues. Unhealthy relationship deal. patterns. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, some real unhealthy relationships. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a whole can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Wizards, get us if you ever decide you need to do a therapy plane, just like the plane of therapists. Like, <laughs> I mean, the meditation plane would be great for that if it wasn't you know currently occupied by big frog if it wasn't being a prison by an asshole brother it would be there wasn't a big <sighs> frog in there you know yeah. <laughs> oh that'd be really relaxing for me during therapy though <laughs> um, so i had a i had a therapist with a, a lab uh that was a great therapy dog <gasps> that was quite nice 
That's not what Bolus is, right? Just a big therapy dog. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bolus I mean, is nothing lost... but a big lab. Like, that's what he, I think of. I mean, so, so his his punishment was that, like, in the meditation realm, he, like, he lost all his powers and his titles, right? So he's just a big yeah. therapy dog. That's all. He's like a, he's like a mopey, mopey lab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the mopey lab that can't remember his own name. and <laughs> Dang. Oh. That sucks. <laughs> so, you know, I, I knew that this was going to be a, an episode that we would struggle to get anywhere near where I wanted to, or I think you or any of us I, would I'm want to get with you. I apologize. No, no. I, I mean, I think that there's a reason. Um, you know, I've thought about a lot about the, the shift that you've made even in the last year or two with mm-hmm. your own identity. And, you know, like this, the, the, when this was done, this was like a Liliana thing. And now, you know, we're, we are really talking about even the change in growth within you and this, these, this other aspect that you've used to change part of your identity again, um, which feels like a whole other episode because it feels like there's a whole other like character <laughs> that we yeah. need to explore. <laughs> um, yeah. Does that seem like an accurate statement? I, I think so. Um, like, so the cool thing about real people as opposed to, uh, these characters that we all love and relate to in in our own ways is that we're multifaceted right uh more we contain multitudes more so than than uh than these characters do uh and the values that we ascribe to them sure but like um i think uh a a there there was a multitude of reasons for the slight name change right there was there was a lot of reasons uh one of the uh for, for those that may not know, listening to this episode, um, we alluded to it earlier, but I used to actually go by Liliana uh, for a while uh, before I started making magic content, before I started streaming, before I started doing the charity streams, before I started doing any kind of um, public sphere content creation stuff. I went by Liliana uh, for a long time because of these reasons that, uh, you know, I, I already touched on for, you know, that I relate to her. I really like her as a character. Um I'm also uh, a sexy, big-breasted goth necromancer. So, you know, it just seemed like a good fit. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I, going by the name of a uh, Magic the Gathering character while creating Magic the Gathering content ended up causing kind of more problems than you'd think. <laughs> uh in a certain degree so i uh that was that was the surface reason for the the name change but um also just kind of trying to seize uh, my own identity to an extent from uh independent of of the character um was another was another part of it for sure uh and i'm uh I still definitely, you know, love and relate to the character, but I am not the character. I am myself. So that was a, that was another big part of it. And and you you know, you mentioned needs even to just pull away from just the full idea of the the necromancy, right? Like you said, big-breasted goth woman. Um, <laughs> you know, like you had these ties to that. I mean, even that just as a change to Cathars and to what that represents. Yes. It is a shift. It's I mean, it's significant. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I wanted to, whenever I 
first changed my name, not not even speaking on the the handle change, which that's even more recent, but the uh, the the name change in general. Um, I posted about this the other day, actually. On, uh, on I zeded about this the other day. Um, I oh, God, I hope that's not what they're actually calling it. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, we're calling it skating, right, over at yeah. Blue Sky. So we, who knows? Who yeah, knows what it's know, called? I, I, you know, I need to start posting on there more often. I do have Blue Sky and Threads. I just have not used them at all. Um, but I should start posting on there more frequently since it seems like we're zeeting our way down the toilet over there. Um, but I, I did post a, a a little thread about this the other day. I posted like one of those memes that was like, uh, oh, like you know the 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 trans like name choice alignment chart. You know the the lawful evil, yep. lawful neutral, yep. like whatever yep. alignment it was, chart. It, it was a really nice alignment chart. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was very because. I don't. I don't even think I touched on this uh, or mentioned this. Um, I I am tr- a trans woman, so that is so that's that's a part of this as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I posted I posted that on there, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah my current like the, the name I'm going by now, which is definitely solid. Uh, I think gonna probably <laughs> last me a good amount of time. Hopefully, the rest of the time, um, Eliana, because I wanted to keep the like Liliana like reference in there like I wanted to because that's very important to me she was a very formative character for me and like was is is very important to me so I wanted to keep that in there but you know the we tacked the L on there too because uh um it well for a number of reasons but also like you know um we we just get another little bit of uh another magic character reference in there sure uh Elspeth Terrell uh is another character that's very important to me, and then uh, the the handle change from Defiant Necro to Defiant Cathar that that is that is double uh, double faceted as well. Like like um, so, my initial merch that I released um, when I was uh, first doing like t shirts and stuff had the Defiant Necro like band logo thing on it, and like I got some some feedback that uh, a lot of people tried to wear it in public and uh got some weird reactions from the word necro (laughs) 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 Um, so that was part of it but uh another part of it was just like leaning into that whole like like we touched on earlier like you know i do kind of both in terms of like the way i present myself in in the online spaces and in real life honestly and uh and also in my play style and my brand that i present um in magic uh you know both black mana and white mana so uh kept the defiant part of it and then just we, we tacked on uh cathar for uh the um you know the cathars from innistrad innistrad in general has always been like my favorite plane uh, a good portion of liliana's formative uh story was on innistrad as well and uh innistrad you know aside from just being the stereotypical gothic horror plane it's kind of just about the struggle for humanity to survive right and like one of my favorite things about like uh, the cathars and uh, thalia in particular uh is that um in amidst this world of all these like supremely powerful beings uh, demons angels planeswalkers you know necromancers wizards etc um they're just humans who are trying to survive and i think that's really really cool 
Do they, uh, yeah, it's always a wild too, because like uh, you know, like always, it's kind of seems like it'd be crappy to survive as a human. I think that's the point, right? Like they, they're exactly. doing everything they can, and life still sucks for them. Life yeah. sucks for them, but they're still going. Yeah. They're still yeah. doing it. So uh, yeah, so that that's that's a, a big question, and you know, I've I've uh, uh, a lot of my posts, I'll sign off with like you know, oh you know, keep fighting, or like. Uh, I had uh, in my, before I ran out of room in my bio for a while, I had, uh, <laughs> one of my taglines that I had in there was, you know, former wrestler, still a fighter. Because um, I used to, uh, I used to be a professional wrestler. I talked about that at length on Shipham's podcast, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, show, uh, what have you. I'm not sure what the correct term is. But Casual <laughs> magic? Yeah. Casual magic, that one. Show. You know, you know the well, one. I've the been show. on that. It's a, it's a good one. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out! We, we 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 build up our friends around here. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was on 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 Casual Magic. I, I talked about that at length, so y- y'all can go listen to that episode if you want to hear me talk about that. That's not what we're yeah. Here we'll for. link it. So um, um, the other main message I'm getting out of this is we basically like within the next couple of weeks need to reschedule you um, again to come back to talk about <laughs> Elspeth. Yeah, we haven't absolutely. touched on Elspeth on the show either. Oh, I have so much to say. <laughs> If Elspeth got brought back from the dead, we can get Gideon brought back from the dead in order to have a Gideon Liliana. Um, I'm just saying, I don't know how underworlds work, but it's yeah, I want it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I would I would really love for that to happen. <laughs> anyone yeah. anyone familiar with my online presence knows I feel strongly about this. <laughs> <laughs> they um, both have gone through a lot. They both, both deserve, deserve to be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I both deserve. Right, like if you don't want to do a ton of stories about them, here's the idea. You do one more and then you let them go. Like, yeah. You know, and let like, them have some time. That's another thing from Boom. They should, they, there, was a, there was an issue of the Boom Studios thing where Gideon's ghost was back for a minute or for like one <laughs> issue and... Uh, and like they 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 legitimized uh, they they canonized in non canon uh, yeah. the Liliana and uh, Gideon relationship because they 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 shared a smooch. You oh. bastards! Yeah, <laughs> how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> it happened, and I was like, make this canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we want yeah. to say just thank you for Eliana, or do you prefer L or Eliana of the two then? Um, most people just, like just tr- because it's just easier, I think, just go with yeah. L, but okay. I, either one is fine. See, cause I'm, I mean, my, I'm, I'm Thomas in real life who doesn't mm-hmm. go by Tom. So I actually have a tendency to lengthen everybody's names. So I'm fine with either one, okay. but most people call me L and I think it's a cool nickname. So I'm yeah. fine with it. So we want to thank you. We hopefully is assuming you enjoyed this. We'll be having you back hopefully very shortly. Um, but before we go, I wanted to just let p- the listeners know that, um, it, you know, in Vegas, in MagicCon Vegas, it was announced this week that there will be another mental health panel. Um, you know, unfortunately, Taya nor Alex will be able to uh, be going to I'm Vegas. so sad. I'm I know. Really, I'm, uh... I, I know. And I understand the travel. Like, this was like the one other event I could make work this year. And so I'm so thankful that we're doing this, it's going to be totally weird not doing it with like without you and Alex is going to. Yeah. Really... I, I have another event with one of my partners that weekend and I didn't realize it was Vegas weekend, but that, that, have, that has been booked since like March. So I couldn't change it. <laughs> 
on the the happy side of this is that we will have a a creating magic content while dealing with mental health struggles, which uh, I think listeners of the show would uh, know is something that's talked about quite frequently, um, something that we're all pretty open about when we've had that. Uh, so it's going to be myself. It's going to be Shivam. Uh, it's going to be chase <laughs> and it's going to be um tron is bad ryan nicholas who's coming on the show soon hopefully we got to get awesome. him rescheduled um i'm it's just another all three of those people great great people i am too and i am so thankful that they all agreed when i reached out <laughs> um <laughs> and and that wizards is, is giving us the opportunity again so i just want to let people know it has been announced we will be we are sunday again we are sunday morning at 11 a.m we are up against an art panel which is the only thing that's a little bit of a bummer but we are not up against gavin's unknown event and we are not up <laughs> against the like world championship finals or whatever well, um so i was yeah. in the audience for that last one y'all did i will be in the audience for this one too i'm excited so okay. <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the last one i really did i uh, i was actually sitting uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, i was sitting next to ryan nicholas in the audience we were we had we had come in together so <laughs> uh yeah and and you did approach after and i did to yes you like shouted me out on stage at one point yeah. you were I, like we I need did. to do a liliana episode <laughs> i did this has been in the works for a while. So. We've been talking about this one for a good while. I'm really excited to see you guys do it again. Uh, one of the first, uh, shortly after our first Praetors event, I think, it, it was either mm-hmm. after our first or second one, uh, I did a podcast with um, uh, the Uncommon Commander. Um, shout out Cole, Uncommon Commander. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah, uh, I did a podcast with him where uh, we talked about burnout in content creation. And yeah, uh, so I, I feel like that's, whew, uh, uh, that is that is adjacent to uh, to. It's very fun. related. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of what's coming down. Um, and like I said, we just once again, I, I'm hoping that this is going to be the start of uh, a a frequent returning guest that we 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 have some of those, and I I have really enjoyed recording with you. So thank you, L. I I really loved it as well, and you know I will as soon as we can figure out another time. I would love to come back on and talk more. Uh, I hope I did not bore you all to death. Oh no, not at all. And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at Hobbs Q. Tay can be found at Taya Transcends, and Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lord Pod on Twitter or email us at goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at Vintergotten at bandcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast, as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs> <laughs>